The following pre-recorded program is paid for by Carlos Swanigan Ministries. Get ready to experience and receive the grace you long for from the heart of God. Welcome to Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Carla is a wife and mother, international speaker, minister, and engaging storyteller known for her transparency with an impactful testimony of how God has transformed her own life. Her desire is to connect you with the heart of God and the truth of how he truly loves and sees you. If you're hurt, if you're broken, if you yearn for God's love and acceptance, let the healing begin. Now, here's Carla Swanigan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Scandalous Grace, where we leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. I'm Carla Swanigan, and I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, which is changing your atmosphere. And what that means, it's, you know, sounds kind of like a weird term or kind of like hokey pokey, hocus pocusy kind of like thing, but it's not like that at all. Really, um, as believers, we are called to rule and reign on this earth, just like Jesus did when he walked the earth. And because we have the Holy Spirit, Jesus's Holy Spirit living inside of us, we have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living on the inside of us. That's what it tells us in the word. And so everywhere we go, we are to bring the kingdom of God with us. And so that means when we walk into negative situations, when we walk into dark places, even when we're going through our own personal hard things, that we are called to bring the kingdom into that situation, into that place, into that atmosphere, if you will, and bring his kingdom purposes and his will and his heart into each and every place and every situation. And I've been going through a perfect example of this that I'm going to share with you guys today. Um, I, if you've listened to the show before, you know that I deal with some degenerative disc disease in my, my spine. And so I'm believing God for healing in my body. And I know he's going to do that, but sometimes my back goes out. And when that happens, it's like I have all this, um, like a flare up in my low back and it just locks up. If any of you, I know there's a lot of people that deal with back pain, unfortunately. So those of you who are listening that go through this, you know exactly what I mean, but my back will lock up and I will not be able to move like in, in any movement whatsoever, like even breathing, like it is painful. So, um, just recently I had a flare, one of the worst ones I've had in a really long time, like probably over a year. And it just put me out. You guys, it was really bad and it came out of nowhere. There was no trigger. Um, I wasn't lifting anything heavy or doing any of the things that I know will set it off. It wasn't like that. It really, I believe was warfare because it came out of nowhere and for no reason. And it put me in the bed, you guys, for a week, a solid week of laying in the bed, not being able to move, really miserable, um, needing help just to get up and go to the bathroom or to get a drink of water, um, you know, the whole nine yards. It was really miserable. And while I was laying there, I was reminded of this message that I've, I've preached before and talked about before of controlling your atmosphere because really, you guys, I was in the thick of it. That's exactly what I was doing was having to decide if I was going to partner with fear that this situation wasn't going to change, that I wasn't going to get any better, that, um, you know, I was going to be like this forever or that this was going to keep happening to me. Um, I had to decide if I was going to partner with that thought, that lie from the enemy, because that's exactly what it is. Or if I was going to believe the word of God and the Holy Spirit, who was telling me that Jesus is my healer and that I can trust God 
and that his mercies are new every morning and that this too shall pass. And it was a battle, you guys, because, you know, we don't fight against flesh and blood, right? Um, we fight against principalities and, and the darkness of this world. And so that's what I had to do. And one of the ways that you control your atmosphere or change your atmosphere, atmosphere, especially when you're having a personal situation like I was, um, negative circumstances is you have to speak into the atmosphere. I am a huge proponent of speaking the word out loud, declaring the word over your situation. So what that looked like for me laying in the bed for a week was when those thoughts would come on me and depression and anxiety would try to come on me or just hopelessness and discouragement out loud. I would say, I believe you, God, I know that Jesus is my healer. I apply the finished work of the cross to my body and, and to this disease that's trying to come against me. And I take all thoughts captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ, casting down every thought that trying to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. Um, just taking those thoughts captive, having the mind of Christ, declaring God's truth. And that's why it's so important, you guys, that you get in the word, that we know the word, that we can speak the word out loud because the word is living and active, right? It's alive. And it literally changes atmospheres. The word is how God created the whole universe. He spoke it and it came to be right. So what we say into the atmosphere is so important and it does change things. So I encourage you so much to get in the word, get some of your favorite scriptures, um, have that ready and handy when you have to go to battle and you have to speak into your atmosphere like I had to do. And that's what I did. I just kept speaking into my atmosphere. And after about a week, I could feel a change in my body and I just got lots of rest and took my medicine and just kept getting prayer from people. And here I am today, you know, able to walk upright and, and mostly without pain. It's getting better every day. So I just praise God for that. But it's really important that I didn't partner with negativity and I didn't yield to fear. And that's a way that I was controlling my atmosphere. And that's the kind of example that I want to give you today. You know, one of the scriptures in the word is from James chapter four, verse seven. It says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that is so true. And one of the ways that we resist the devil is we speak into our atmosphere and speak God's truth, God's heart and God's will for the situation that we're in. And sometimes it can be as simple, you guys, as choosing joy in spite of your circumstances, because listen, I had to lay there and like. Think of positive things, just like it says, whatever is lovely, whatever is true, whatever is pure, that scripture, I had to think of all the positive things, all the times that, that God's brought me through this situation in the past, all the times that he's healed me of other things. You know, he healed me completely of Crohn's disease several years ago. So I know that God is my healer and I know he is faithful and I know he will do it. So I choose joy by thinking of all the things that he's done for me before, all the ways that he's pulled me through. And listen, every time you choose joy instead of the role of the victim, you kick the enemy square in the teeth. Seriously, every time you choose joy instead of playing the role of the victim, you kick the enemy right in the teeth. And it's like, no, not today, devil. That ain't happening. And so you you do what works for you with the word. But those are some of the ways that I control my atmosphere, especially in situations that are affecting me personally, like an attack or sickness in my body or something like that. And there's other situations where we're going to talk about controlling your atmosphere that has to do with being in other people's space and and um, maybe being around negative people. And we're going to get into that a little bit right now. Um, I've been in the book of Mark a lot lately, and I've noticed a couple of interesting things, ways that you know, Jesus controlled his atmosphere. So if you have your Bibles with you or you version or your app on your phone, whatever it is, 
that you use to read the word, grab that real quick and turn with me to Mark chapter five. We're going to be in Mark chapter five. We're going to skip around a little bit because there's so much good stuff here in chapter five, but we can't cover it all today. So we're just going to focus on one particular situation and it's, it's how Jesus really dealt with negative people in his life or, um, what I I like to call Debbie Downers, um, people that always want to point out the negative to you. And um, we're going to look at some of the ways that Jesus handled that. So turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter five. We're going to be starting with verse 21. After Jesus returned from across the lake, a huge crowd of people quickly gathered around him on the shoreline. Just then a man saw that it was Jesus. So he pushed through the crowd and threw himself down at his feet. His name was Jarius, a Jewish official who was in charge of the synagogue. He pleaded with Jesus saying over and over, please come with me. My little daughter is at the point of death and she's only 12 years old. Come and lay your hands on her and heal her and she will live. Jesus went with him and the huge crowd followed, pressing in on him from all sides. And then it goes on in verse 25 to talk about the woman with the issue of blood, which we've talked about on the show before. And that's a great story. And it's all about healing. And it's just a wonderful thing. So go back and read that if you don't know that story. But we're going to skip ahead and we're going to focus here on what Jesus did with this Jewish official Jarius. So we're going to skip ahead to verse 35. Mark chapter 5, verse 35. And before he had finished speaking, people arrived from Jairus's house and pushed through the crowd to give Jairus the news. There's no need to trouble the master any longer. Your daughter has died. But Jesus refused to listen to what they were told and said to the Jewish official, don't yield to fear. All you need to do is keep on believing. So they left for his home, but Jesus didn't allow anyone to go with them except Peter and the two brothers, Jacob and John. Okay, let's stop right there. I love this right here. So here come the people telling the man Jarius that his daughter has died and there's, it's too late. Jesus is too late. You know, it's impossible now. She's died. There's nothing more that can be done. And I love what Jesus does. He refuses to listen to them. It tells us in verse 36, he refused to listen and said to the official, don't yield to fear. All you need to do is keep on believing. And I want to ask you, what situation do you have going on in your life right now? Those of you who are listening, what have you got going on in your life right now that Jesus is asking you to not listen to what the negative voices that are coming at you are saying about your situation? And he's asking you, don't yield to fear. That's what I had to do when my back went out. It's so tempting to give in to all those feelings and have a pity party for yourself and feel like, yep, this is hopeless. And Jesus is saying right here in verse 36, Mark chapter five, don't yield to fear. All you need to do is keep on believing. And I believe that there are those of you listening today that you've got a situation that God is saying the same thing to you by the power of his Holy Spirit right now. And you know who you are. He is saying to you, don't listen to the negative voices coming at you. Don't even listen to your own thoughts in your head that that try to keep pulling you to the negative. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you today. And he is telling you, don't yield to fear. Just keep on believing. Listen, if God has told you he will do it, he will do it. Believe him for your promise. Believe him for your healing. Whatever situation you're in that you're thinking about today, believe God. He is the God of the impossible, right? And we're about to see that here as we look in Mark chapter five, a little further down. So we pick up again in verse 37, where he says they left for his home, but Jesus didn't allow anyone to go with them except Peter and the two brothers, Jacob and John. When they arrived at the home of the synagogue ruler, they encountered a noisy uproar among the people. 
for they were all weeping and wailing. Upon entering the home, Jesus said to them, Why all this grief and weeping? Don't you know the girl is not dead, but merely asleep? Then everyone began to ridicule and made fun of him. But he threw them all outside. Oh, I love that image so much. Can you just imagine Jesus just like opening the door and telling everybody to get out? Oh, I think that's so funny. Um, I love the way that Jesus sets the example for us of how we're supposed to handle negative, not just negative people, because we love people, but we stand against the negative um, spirits, our, our negative um, words coming against us and what Jesus has promised us. And the way that Jesus did it is he just told him to get out. And so the way that I apply that to my life is when those negative thoughts come to my mind, I'm like, oh, no, not today, devil, get out. I'm not listening to that negativity. I'm not yielding to fear. I'm believing God. And again, those are things that, especially if I'm alone, that I say out loud. And if you can't say it out loud, you know, just say it under your breath and keep on trucking. Keep on believing God and not yielding to fear. Another thing that I want to point out about this verse is, you know, where it says he threw them all outside. Sometimes you're going to be in situations where there are other people involved. And those people can be somewhat negative, especially if they're, you know, like the Debbie Downers that I like to talk about, um, or the negative Nellies. Some people say, um, I think the thing to remember about them is they love to tell you the facts. And I know that facts are real and they're important and they're valid. And I totally get that. But what I want to remind you today is there are facts, but then there is the truth and God's truth overrides every fact that our human mind or our mouth could ever speak. Okay, his kingdom overrides all of that. God is bigger than any impossible situation, um, any statistic, anything that a doctor says, any diagnosis you get. God is bigger than all of that. And that's really what I want to remind you of today. Sometimes you have to go into the room like Jesus did, this dead little girl. You have to go into the room of your situation, whatever that is, and you have to kick everything negative out and you have to speak life. You have to say what God is saying to you about your situation, because that's what Jesus did right here. If you look on, it tells us we'll pick back up in verse 40. Then he took the child's father and mother and his three disciples and went into the room where the girl was lying. He tenderly clasped the child's hand in his and said to her in Aramaic to lead the which means little girl, wake up from the sleep of death. Instantly, the 12 year old girl sat up, stood to her feet and started walking around the room. Everyone was overcome with astonishment and seeing this miracle. Jesus had them bring her something to eat, and he repeatedly cautioned them that they were to tell no one about what happened. Okay, so there's a bunch of things I love about this. Um, I love that he speaks to her, tells her to wake up, and she instantly wakes up, and everyone is astounded. It's like they just saw a miracle, and they're overcome with joy and seeing this, and they're so excited, which I know I would be the same way. Like, if I saw a miracle happen right in front of me, somebody raised from the dead, I would be, like, shocked and amazed and and so in awe of God and his goodness and how awesome he is. But um, I also love that Jesus right away, the first thing he does is he has them bring this little girl some food, some nourishment, some sustenance. And I love that about the Lord because here's what that tells me. Listen, Jesus likes food too, you guys. And I am a foodie and I love all different types of food. And I love that Jesus is like, okay, bring her some food, bring her something to eat. He values food and he recognizes that we need it, you know, and I just love that about him. So um, another thing that I love about this is how he just 
walks in the room, gets the naysayers out, just brings the parents in with him because, you know, the parents are believing for that miracle. They love their daughter and he knows they're not going to be like negative. And then he brings his closest two disciples in with him as well. And that's what I want to say about those negative people. Sometimes you have to be really cautious who you allow into a situation that you're believing God for you to speak into your circumstance. One part of controlling your atmosphere is really controlling who you allow to speak into your atmosphere. So if you know there's certain people in your family, certain people that you love that you're in a relationship with, but they tend to err on the side of giving you facts instead of wanting to hear God's truth, then probably don't discuss that situation with those people very much and just keep that negativity out of that circumstance and just continue to speak God's truth. And that's just another way that you control your atmosphere by what you allow to be spoken into your atmosphere and what you allow to be present in your atmosphere of your situation. But I want to say this, Jesus spoke to her and told her to get up and she did. And what this says to me is when Jesus speaks life to something, it lives again, right? So I don't, I don't care how dead a situation looks to you, how far gone it looks, how impossible it looks. I mean, you guys, this little girl was dead and Jesus spoke to her and she rose again. We have that same Holy Spirit in us that Jesus had in him when he walked the earth. And so when the Lord, when we're praying about something and God's like, yeah, I'm not done with that situation. I want you to keep believing me for that loved one to come to Jesus. I want you to keep believing me for healing in your body. I want you to keep believing me for that dream job that you want. When God says those things, you guys, our part is to keep believing him. That's all he's asking us to do. And that's how we control our atmosphere about that situation. Because when he speaks life to something, it lives again. Tap into that life that Jesus is asking you to speak into your situation. Speak it out. You're an overcomer. You're not a victim. You are in control. You have authority of the atmosphere that you're in. That situation that that you're in the middle of, speak life to it. Don't allow fear to come in. Uh, shut the negative people out. If you're the negative person in your situation, change your words. That's one of the biggest things I can tell you in this message today. Your words that you speak over yourself on a daily basis and that you speak into your your house and your room and your job and Things you say to other people, all those words are either speaking life or death over you and over other people and over situations. And that's why it tells us over and over in the word to, to choose life, but to speak life and that our words are important. And that is absolutely true. You know, um, I just think that one of the things that I want to remind you guys so much of is part of controlling our atmosphere is believing that God is who he says he is. And I know that's a, that's a mindset that sometimes is really hard to wrap our minds around and believe the bigness of God. But when you can get in the word and read stories like we're reading in Mark chapter five and go back and read that story about the woman with the issue of blood that starts in verse 25 of, of Mark chapter five. If you need healing in your body, go read that story. You know, meditate on how Jesus handled that and the words he spoke to her and how much he loved her. And then continue on. And, and if you've got situations that that appear to be impossible to you are too far gone to fix, you know, one of the situations I had in my life was my marriage was a mess years ago, you know, over a decade ago when I came back to the Lord, my marriage was a nightmare. I had made a wreck of it. Uh, my husband and I both had brought lots of baggage into our marriage and, and it was a hot mess. And I was about, I'd already been married once and divorced and it looked like this 
marriage was going the same direction. And God, God called me to start speaking life to my marriage and to believe him that he could redeem it and he could restore it and he can make it better than it ever was. And you guys, that took me speaking out. I believe you, God. I trust you, God. Help me, God. I mean, there were lots of hard days where I was down on my knees, but I made sure that I spoke the words over my marriage that God said for me to speak. I didn't look at my circumstances. Sometimes we get so focused on the facts of our circumstances that we lose sight of the promise God has made to us or our, our responsibility of partnering with God. You know, my part was to believe him, just like he said to these people in Mark chapter five. My part was to believe the Lord that he said he wanted to save my marriage and then that he could save my marriage, that he was big enough to do that. And that was a paradigm shift for me in my thinking. And I had to control my atmosphere at home and everywhere else. I had plenty of people that knew me, that knew my husband, people that I worked with, people that I was friends with, that knew all the facts of the situation. And they were more than eager to um, help me, they thought, by telling me that it was never going to work and, and that it was too far gone and, and this relationship was over and done. And I just had to stand against that, you guys, sometimes just silently in my heart and believe that God was who he said he was and that he would do what he said he would do. And that is, like I said, believing that God was big enough. You choose your attitude, you guys. You choose your thoughts, whether you believe it or not. Every thought that comes into your mind is not your own. The devil loves to speak things to you just like the Holy Spirit speaks things to you. And you just have to decide not to listen to him. You say to yourself, okay, that doesn't sound like the Lord. That's not encouraging. That doesn't draw me closer to Jesus. That's not hope building. That's not um, God's heart at all. So I'm not going to listen to that voice. I'm going to tell it to get out and I'm going to listen to what God says. And I'm going to choose to believe God because when you choose your attitude, you control your atmosphere. And that's what we're talking about today, guys. We're talking about controlling your atmosphere and you have to control your atmosphere um, in situations for yourself, like I had to do with my back and you have to control your atmosphere in situations like we just talked about, um, with this girl in Mark chapter five, you know, where there's negative people in the room, everybody wanting to say, you know, she's dead. It's too far gone. And the same way with my marriage, you know, those people didn't mean any harm. They were just stating the facts as they saw them, but it was important for me to speak God's truth. It was important for me to choose my attitude to control my atmosphere. You know, I'm going to give you some scriptures um, that have really helped me um, just to remember to choose God and to choose that positive love in the heart that he has for us and speak life over my situation. Um, one of them is first John four, four, but everyone born of God overcomes the world. John one, five, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Mm, Jeremiah 15, 20, they will fight against you, but they will not overcome you for. I am with you to rescue you and save you declares the Lord. I mean, you guys, that's a perfect one right there. Just if you could just memorize that verse, Jeremiah 15, 20, find your favorite translation of that verse and just speak it over your situation. Speak it over your body. Speak it over your life. Whatever is coming against you say that verse again, Jeremiah 15, 20, they will fight against you, but they will not overcome you. And so right there, I would say that part and I would just say in my own words, I would say stuff may be coming against me, but it's not going to overcome me. And then it says, for I am with you to rescue you and save you, declares the Lord. And just say, God, I know you're with me. You're going to rescue me. You're going to save me because you said so. I believe your word. I believe you, God. I know that if anybody can do it, God can do it. 
And, you know, that's just a way that we choose to believe God. We choose to control our thoughts. We choose to control our own atmosphere and the atmosphere that we walk into. Just remember, you guys, don't partner with negativity. Don't yield to fear. Remember what he said to the family, to the father of this little girl who was dying. He said to her dad in his biggest moment of crisis, when he thought all hope was lost, he said to this man, don't yield to fear. Just keep on believing. And sometimes you guys, that's 99% of the battle right there is we have to keep on believing God. We have to keep on trusting him and believing that he is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. I want to pray for you guys today. Um, I think this message of being an atmosphere changer, controlling your atmosphere, transforming your atmosphere is one of the biggest ones that we need to deal with today with everything going on in the world. So I just right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for people to hear the Holy Spirit clearly and to silence the voice of the enemy. I thank you, God, for revelation and encouragement when they get in your word. I pray that you give them a passion for your word, God. And that you would draw them close to you. And I speak life to every situation that are on these people's hearts that that you're dealing with, God. And I just speak life to it right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please email me at scandalousgrace at carlaswanigan.com and let me know how God's moving in your life. And we love you so much. And just remember, leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. We hope you were blessed by today's episode of Scandalous Grace with Carlos Swanigan. Please go to carloswanigan.com to listen to podcasts, see where Carla will be speaking, and to find out about all of Carlos Swanigan Ministries' resources, including her video devotional series. Scandalous Grace with Carlos Swanigan is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. We depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to carloswanigan.com for ways you can partner with Carla in reaching listeners with God's love and grace. Please join us again next Saturday at 4 p.m. for Scandalous Grace with Carlos Swanigan.